Today's scripture reading is from Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 22 to 26. This can be found on page 817 of your pew Bibles. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. The word of the God. Happy New Year, friends. Welcome to the new year. It is good to see you, and I hope and trust that uh, you're Christmas and New Year's celebrations have been rich and renewing, maybe a little too rich in some departments, right? That's what the New Year's for, working all that stuff off. At the turning of the New Year, many of us do something that is profoundly spiritual. We might not think that it is, but it's a profoundly spiritual thing that we do. We remember We spend a lot of time at the turning of the year, you know, looking back over the past year, recalling what's happened in our lives, looking at the world, what's happened. We recall how we've experienced life, how we've experienced God's grace, where we grew in this past year, where we didn't grow. Um, We look at who we became throughout this coming, this past year. All those memories, the people, the events, the meals we've shared, the tears we've shed, all those are, are little pieces that we patch together our life, our identity, the story of who we are. It's like a, a, a mosaic of identity, all those memories that we use to piece that together. And, and so remembering is so important to actually who we are as human beings. Um, without a memory, without all these little mementos, we'd have no sense of who we are as a person. You see that in, in people who have lost their memories, in amnesiacs. When I was a teen, I uh, was playing a game of hockey, a shinny hockey outside, and hit the ice hard, and for a couple of minutes, the lights went out, but for the better part of a day, the delete button on my memory was hit, and there was nothing there. And so people around me, I'm told, I don't recall anything of the day, had to keep asking me, who are you? Do you know so-and-so? Who's your girlfriend? Who's your brother? Where do you live? What day is it? And I couldn't answer those questions for most of that day. Um, I had lost my memory. I didn't lose intelligence, although some might argue about that. I lost my memory. And that's the thing with an amnesiac. They don't lose intelligence. They lose their memory. They lose a sense of who they are. They have no memory that might inform their sense of identity. So memories, all those things we carry around with us uh, are profoundly shaping to who we are. And remembering is also a vital spiritual practice for a flourishing faith. Without memory, you wouldn't have faith or you wouldn't have at least a healthy faith. And in fact, throughout the Bible, you see that one of the chief dangers that gets named uh, as as one of the chief dangers to your faith is forgetfulness. Who would have thought? Forgetfulness. The life of faith goes brain dead with forgetfulness. I'm told that one of the the medical indicators of, of brain damage is for a person to only be aware of immediate stimuli. Um... 
only immediate sensations. So that person has no sense of the past. They're only responsive to what happens quite immediately. And I think likewise, people who are only aware of immediate spiritual stimuli who need, you know, whatever spiritual hit to, to somehow keep the reality of God alive in their lives, you might classify them as spiritually brain damaged. They're not aware of any past. They walk out the church doors and into the rest of their week with no sense of God's reality informing their life. That's someone whose faith is severely, sorely damaged. Which makes me think that isn't it true that some of us are in danger of some spiritual brain damage because we've just forgotten? We've forgotten how to remember. Memories bring to mind all of God's past actions. They remind us of, of how God has, has saved, how he's, how he's treated us, how he's healed us, how he's matured us, how God has provided for us, how he's guided our lives. Think back on this past year, 2015. Where have you experienced God's love in the most profound ways? Where did you see his mercy just come alive for you? Where did you see his guiding hand? Mostly we can't see it while we're in the thick of things. But when we take the long view, you can, you can sort of track out, oh my goodness, I see his guiding hand there. Where was the strength and support of God so palpably real to you? Those acts of remembering are an antidote to doubt and to a, a fizzling faith. And it's what's going on right here in that passage we read in the middle of Lamentations. In this book, Lamentations, the prophet Jeremiah, he, he is just in one bad spiritual funk. Man, it is, it is one long lament. And it, it, it's a good thing for us to note that there's strong notes of lament in scripture because being a Christian doesn't mean you paste on a happy face and oh God is so good all the time right no there's hard stuff in life and it names it it honestly names it so this whole book of lamentations is this long dirge this moaning lament to God about all the brokenness and pain that has filled the lives of God's people it, it expresses this overwhelming sense of devastation the Israelites experienced because they were shipped off from Jerusalem to every Everything familiar um, in exile in a foreign land but right in the middle of this this long poetic blues riff sung out in a minor key right in the middle of it comes this clear ringing note of hope I remember my affliction and my wandering the bitterness the gall I remember them and my soul is downcast within me but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So in spite of all the evidence contrary, you know, evidence that might sink someone's faith, out of all of that comes this powerful voice of trust in God. But I remember this, and therefore I have hope, because of the Lord's great love. Despite so much pain and trouble, the writer of Lamentations has this hope. Now, where does this come from? Certainly not from the circumstances around him, right? Those are pretty miserable. 
no cause for hope. They were prisoners in the hands of uh, hated people. They were far from home, far from anything familiar. But somehow, in the midst of all that misery and trouble, the writer just hammers down this stake of faith into that foreign soil. It was a stake of trust in God and his mercy. Because of God's great love, we are not consumed. A more literal translation of that phrase might be because of God's great love. His love is never cut off from us. He's saying no matter how bad things get, no matter how miserable things look, no matter how ugly the world can be, no matter how how small my faith can be, no matter how awful I might act towards others, no matter how badly I get hurt by others, no matter. Because I remember we are not cut off from God's love no matter what might happen. He remembers that God's love, his mercy, is the faithful constant. In the equation of life, the mercy of God is the one factor that is not a variable. The word that uh, the writer uses for God's love or compassion, it's, it's, a, it's a special Hebrew word. Um, and it's best translated God's covenant love, God's loyal love. The writer is saying that no matter what might come, there is this unchangeable foundation for our lives. The mercy, the the loyal compassion of God to his people. God has formed a relationship with us through Jesus Christ, which means you have someone who is unchangeably committed to your good. God has included us in his incredible promises of love and mercy and salvation. And God will not renege on his commitment to show you his love. And then Jeremiah in this says, he says an interesting thing. He says, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. Now why does he do that? I say to myself, what's going on there? You know what he's doing? He's speaking to his own heart there which is a really important thing for us to remember as we enter the new year because so often life is hard and we can often have these doubts even in ourselves and we need to address them with the gospel. This is what Jeremiah is doing here. I mean, isn't it easy for us when when life turns hard, when when circumstances are, are pretty difficult, it's easy for us then to question the reality of God. I mean, look at how bad things are. Look at this world. How, how can you believe in God and his love? And what we need to do is what Jeremiah is doing here. In the quiet of his own heart, he's speaking to himself. I say to myself, that's what's going on here. He's, he's, he's reminding himself, remembering, and he's applying, he's sort of preaching the gospel to his own heart. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Hebrew word means something like an inheritance. The Lord is my inheritance. An inheritance, of course, you know, it's something you receive. It's something of value that is passed from one person, transferred from one person to another. But of course, you only receive an inheritance when someone dies. Jeremiah is is pointing us to the gospel here. It's pointing us to Jesus, to the one who would provide for us all the security that our hearts crave by giving himself up on the cross. On the cross, Jesus became naked. He became vulnerable. He was separated from the faithful love of the Father so you and I might know it and enjoy it. 
the Son of God laid down his inheritance in heaven in order that you and I might take up that inheritance and become the beneficiary of all of God's life and goodness. This is what he's, the Lord is my portion through dying for us, through the inheritance that we reserve, that, that, that we receive, that we never deserve. We get all of God's goodness and love. Remind yourself of that throughout this coming year. I mean, on a daily basis, remind yourself that everything of God's is yours in Jesus Christ. And so that means the bad things of your life, God turns for your good. And that the good you have will never be taken away from you. And that the best is yet to come. And when our hearts get melted by that sort of faithful, radically loyal love of God, all of a sudden that frees us to stop finding our security in so many other things. Stop entrusting our lives to so many other things and instead trust them to God, making him our portion, our inheritance. Which is what Jeremiah is doing. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. And all of a sudden his, his faith is revived. He's remembering, yes, that's, that's true. God has done this and his faith is revived. Not because, again, things, circumstances are changing. Or not because he's mapped out a whole series of resolutions and said, oh yeah, this is my life plan for the coming year. This is how life is going to improve. No, no, no. It's about now because of who God is and what God is. Because of the faithful love of God. Now, when we think of the faithfulness of God, it, often our default is to think in the past. We remember, which is right and proper for us to do. We remember God's faithful love. Um, and that's good, and that's helpful. But you need to ask yourself a question of what use is a faithful God? What good is a faithful God? God's faithfulness is not meant for us simply, you know, to sort of warm ourselves and get all cozy and say, that, that was just great. Wasn't it how God provided back then? It certainly does that. But it's meant to give us the strength and the resources to live today, to move forward in our life with confidence and poise. His mercies are new every morning, every year. And already today, God has provided fresh mercies for you new kindnesses he's just spread out for you today and again tomorrow when you wake up and face the new week expect it fresh kindness God is going to be there waiting for you and throughout every day of 2016 expect it God's faithful love will be waiting there for you fresh every morning now why every morning New every morning. Why, why does God do it that way? Why doesn't he, you know, here's a lump sum for the year. There you go. Here's 2016. They're fresh every year. Why every morning instead? It's not because yesterday's mercies were bad or somehow weak. It's, it's because they were for yesterday. Yesterday's kindness was for yesterday's troubles and struggles and whatever you had yesterday. Today's mercies are for today's troubles. They're new every morning. They match the needs of the day. They are, they're sort of like manna in the wilderness. God provided this manna to the Israelite people. But just for the day. Just enough for the day. Enough strength comes to us each day. Just for today. Teaching us to live day by day. Reliant on God. But there's also a powerful dynamic that kicks in. When... 
you live out of this trust. When you look ahead and you anticipate God's faithfulness each day, when you trust in today for uh, God's strength and mercy, what comes is this, this really unique combination of both security and adventure. Security and adventure. G.K. Chesterton, who was, a, who was a British novelist, journalist, he wrote, every person wants two things in life, adventure and security. Only in Christianity do you get both. Adventure and security, risk and comfort. They, they, they seem like polar opposites, don't they? Like how, how do they mix together? When you risk, you, you don't feel secure. Um, you feel uncertain, you feel vulnerable. When you invest in secure investments, they're, they're low-risk investments. So how, how do risk and security come together? Only in Christianity do these two opposites come together where you get both of them together, and it's in God's faithful love where they meet. We, again, we mostly think of God's faithfulness in terms of comforting terms, and it is that. It is provides this profound security. To think that God's love is with us no matter what. It is, it is a beautiful, good, comforting thing. And we need that. Because life is a lot like lamentations. There's a lot that hurts. But God's faithful love does something else too. That, that security that you cannot lose ever frees us up to live risky, adventurous, bold lives of faith. It's only when we, we experience this profound security can you then take some pretty bold, profound risks. It's when you sense in your heart enough security that you can then launch out into some adventurous risks. It's when you have the riches of God's faithful love that you can live a risky, adventurous life. And God's faithfulness just compels us into the future, into our world with utter boldness because we know that no matter what might come, there is this baseline of security. God's faithful love. No matter what our friends might think of us, no matter if we give ourselves away, no matter if we serve with such sacrifice that others look around at us and think what a fool no matter if we lose a job or a friendship or a relationship there is something greater that we will never lose we cannot lose that inheritance we cannot lose the love of God in Jesus Christ God says count on it I am for you my love for you my mercies they will be fresh every morning so go for it live a bold life of faith. Risk something beautiful for me. Because even if you fail colossally, I will be there for you with my love. And that, that sense has always marked Christians throughout history. This, this sense of adventure and this profound security. People who lived simply, but who lived bold lives. The love of Christ made them utterly fearless. Their security in Christ made them adventurous and risky. And I, I think this is so vital for us as a church as, as uh, we head into a new year too. Because this is the only way for us to grow into our future as a church. People and organizations really can't change if there isn't some stable, changeless core to who they are. And the key to the ability to change 
And that is not an option for us as a church. I mean, there's such radically changing times. The, the, the key for us to the ability to change is this changeless sense of who we are, this strong sense of identity, and it is rooted, it is found in God's faithful love. For all who follow Jesus, because we have a Savior who died for our sins, who has now been raised to new life, we have an inheritance, our portion. It is secure. Nothing can take it away. Nothing we do can make God love us more. Nothing we do can make God love us less. That faithful love provides such radical security that frees you up to the most adventurous life you could imagine. So live it. Let's live it this year. Let's remember always this faithful mercy of Jesus. Call it to mind regularly. Speak it to your heart. This faithful love that is fresh. And let it inspire us, move us to enter this world, to tell the stories of God's love, to pour our lives out for the sake of others, to love this world, to serve those around us, even those who don't believe in Jesus. Let our our lives be this memento to a world of the fierce and faithful love that never lets us go. Dangerous? Yeah, for sure. Risky? You bet. But the Lord is our portion. So let's enjoy both the deepest security and the greatest adventures. Let's stake every day of 2016 on that beautiful dynamic. Amen. Let's pray. Steady, dependable God. That's who you are, God. And we thank you for this constant love that you provide us. Forgive us, God, for easily thinking that your character might have deteriorated over the years. Forgive us for questioning whether you're still gracious. Forgive us for thinking that we're actually going to be the first one that you'll fail to fulfill all your promises to. That's just not the case, God. How grateful we are that you can be trusted. And as we come to this table, your table, we're reminded of how you are our portion, how you empower us, nourish us for this life of faith, this bold, risky, adventurous life of faith. We praise you, God, for your dependability, for your faithfulness that enables us to live this life. Great is your faithfulness, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.